Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Diving stop, Seager. Toss on up the first. In time to get seven. Three-run homer. Robinson can off the lefty specialist, Fernando Abad. And the Mariners lead it five to four. Goodbye, baseball. Straight away, center field. Cano and Cruz go back to back. And the king, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Welcome back to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Gary Hill here. Thanks for being here once again. Hopefully you had a nice weekend. Hopefully it was better than the Mariners weekend. That was a rough three games against the White Sox. Such a promising start with the walk-off win on Thursday. But the next three did not go the Mariners' way in a big way. Off day today, so we'll talk about the road trip coming up. It does not get any easier. This is a tough trip. We'll talk about that coming up in the podcast tomorrow. On this podcast, after we roll through what happened over the weekend, I think you'll enjoy a conversation we had with the voice of the Chicago White Sox, Ken Hawk Harrelson. There's a story that he tells about Edgar Martinez and Lou Piniella that is just sensational. So that comes up in a few minutes. And also we have the week that was as well. So another full podcast on this Monday. So for the Mariners, again, they took the first game of the series against the White Sox. And you knew Friday was going to be tough. Jose Quintana, one of the best in the American League on the hill. Ariel Miranda on the mound for the Mariners. And this was just a sensational ball game. Two lefties that were just dueling. Miranda went seven, gave up just four hits, one run, two walks, and punched out nine, his career high. His one mistake uh, left on out of the plate to Jose Abreu, who just destroyed a ball for a solo home run. But on the other side of things, Quintana was sensational. Only allowed one hit in eight innings of work. The 1-1 to Valencia. Swing and a line drive into the wide open gap in right center field. Extra bases. Valencia heading for second. This one all the way to the wall. Danny to second. He's going to make the turn. Try for three. The throw in is cut off. The relay to third. Valencia slides and he is safe at third base. Danny Valencia with a leadoff triple into the gap in right center field. Mariners would push one across in the second inning. White Sox would get their run in the sixth. Quintana ends up going eight. One hit, one run, one walk, and seven strikeouts. Robertson comes on for two clean innings. And the White Sox in ten innings, they push across a run to win two to one over the Mariners in game one of the series. Game two. Uh, game two of the series, game one on Thursday. So game three, the series at that point even at one game apiece, and this one was all White Sox. An error in the first inning helped open to the door. The White Sox piled up four runs in the first inning, and they just kept going. Crooked numbers all over the place. They had a five-run fourth, a five-run seventh. Gallardo didn't last very long at all. Three and two-thirds, nine earned. Freeman actually came on to pitch the last inning. Gave up a run, but the White Sox win huge in Game 3, 16-1 as they pound out 19 hits along the way. So, chance for them to win the series on Sunday, and it was really the same sort of thing. And we've talked about injuries so much this season, and this was another game where injuries certainly played their part. Chris Heston getting the call on short rest on Sunday to get the start. Already the 11th starter used by the Mariners this season. That's the most in the big leagues. Remember, they didn't use 
their sixth starter until June 1st. And here they are, number 11. And again, a five-run first inning for the White Sox. They were off and running. Heston went three, gave up seven earned. Bullpen the rest of the way gave up one combined. But by then, the White Sox had put this one away as they kept playing out on one in the third, one in the fourth, one in the sixth. And they end up winning this one by a final of 8-1. to one. So they take the series three games to one. They put up huge numbers in the last two games to do it. And again, uh, concerning going on the road, facing the Nationals, or just uh, they're stroking the baseball. You've got the Red Sox in Fenway, always tough offensively. And then the Rockies in Colorado. Course is never easy, but especially this year's version of the Rockies, they can really hit the baseball. So this is a tough trip. Again, we'll talk more about it in the podcast tomorrow. What about this series? Let's hear from the skipper. Yeah, rough, rough series. You know, obviously, uh, um, starting pitching struggled to to get us, you know, into the flow of the game here the last couple nights. And you know, it's a good day, a uh, good time for an off day. There, there's no doubt there. But you know, we got Robbie coming back. Um, we get, uh, you know, on the. Uh, on the road over in Washington, and uh, guys are frustrated. They're disappointed, uh, but I think the frustration level of like you know just not being in the game. Um, and but you know that's, that's part of it. You're going to have you know ups and downs throughout the season. We know we're in a tough stretch right now. Uh, we know we just got to you know keep fighting and clawing and scratching and, and, and find a way. The last couple nights, you know, it's disheartening. Uh, it is discouraging. But you know, again, off day tomorrow. Uh, we'll regroup. Get Robbie back in the lineup. Um, National League game will be a little different. Uh, we'll probably have Nelson Cruz in the outfield there, and you know, hopefully get our offense going. And you know, we need starting pitching to keep us in the game. And it just didn't happen the last couple of nights. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the, these guys, you know, that we're bringing up, um, some of them have more major league experience than others. Uh, but you know, with, with a ball club like that over there, that you know, you, any any ball club in this league, you, you've put the ball over the middle of the plate, you're, you're going to pay. And, you know, you got to be fine. you got to be on the edges. Uh, the thing that was frustrating today, I think, for Chris and us is, you know, the lack of command. Just you got to throw strikes. You know, you have to trust your stuff, trust your defense behind you. And, and uh, you know, he was kind of live on the edges, and it wasn't working out too good. Then you got to come over the middle of the plate and, you know, got, got hurt there. So, uh, again, we will uh, uh, we'll be okay. I know it's hard for the guys in the clubhouse right now to see that. Uh, we will eventually get healthy. Um, you know, I just, you know, hoping uh, that we got to continue. Like I said, we got to fight, we got to claw, and it's in very adverse times. We knew it was coming. You know, now we got to deal with it. It's got. It's not all pitching. I mean, your, your offense has kind of struggled there. For it, it has. You know, the offense has. A couple guys have cooled off a little bit, and I think we see the impact uh, that, that Robbie has on our offense. It allows other guys to kind of be in the right spots. Um, you know, and we just haven't generated much. There hasn't been much traffic on the bases. It's been it's been a struggle. I think we had the leadoff guy on today. I've been four or five of the first innings of the game, and it's a double play ball. We just don't have, can't get much going there, uh, any rhythm to our lineup at all. So, again, uh, putting the big guy back in there in the three hole will certainly help. At the end of the day, you've got to trust your stuff. You've got to throw it over the plate because the walks and getting behind in the count will absolutely. Bury you, and uh, we saw what happens today when you when you're not ahead in the count, and, you, and all of a sudden now they're just feasting uh, on you know your stuff when you got to get over the middle of the plate. So you got to trust your stuff. You got to stay aggressive. You know we're going to give up a few homers, <laughs> we're going to give up a few hits, but uh, that's our only way to really stay in the game, and that's what we need to do and continue to trust it. You, you didn't help Heston out much there with the, the roller kind of between. 
there was some unlucky hits. You know, we had the yeah, the check swing roller to first, we had a check swing roller to third. You know, <laughs> it happens. It, you hate to say it, it's baseball. Um, we've had a few of those go our way this year. It seems like we had more go against us, to be quite honest. But, um, you know, you hope they even out. And he certainly didn't get any breaks. There's no question about that. On who? Uh, yeah, Valencia. Um, you know, was positive update this morning. He had uh, MRI and test. He does not have a broken bone. Um, so day off, uh, get some anti-inflammatories um, in him and hopefully calm that, that hand or wrist down. And, you know, he'll test it out on Tuesday. Hopefully he'll be okay and, and can, you know, get going over there. He feels very confident uh, that he'll be able to, to help us, if not Tuesday, certainly Wednesday. Well, it's very important. Uh, and I think that's why, you know, you hear, again, I'll say it again, a day at a time. You can't look out, we got this series, and then we got to go over here, and then we got to go play. It, just day at a time. And, you know, trying to put our guys in a good spot, um, you know, keeping the games tight, and then, you know, hopefully go from there. We just didn't keep it tight the last couple nights. It just got away from us. And, um, you know, try to manage the situation best we can. Um, so when we do get in the tighter games, our, our guys are fresh, our bullpen guys especially, and, and go from there. But, uh, yeah, we're in a tough stretch, you know. Uh, adversity, I talk about it often. You know, adversity does not build character, it reveals it. I think we'll find out a lot about our guys coming up. When you ask a guy to trust his stuff, how does that work when it's a sudden call up when you get a guy? Just... Well, his stuff's his stuff. Just because you get called up, you are who you are. And that's all we ask our guys is to be who they are. And I think that's whether you're pitching in Tacoma or you're pitching here, just because you put our uniform on, you're not going to throw 100 miles an hour. You are who you are, and you got to trust it. You know, and our guys, you know, they sink the ball, they can cut it. They're not going to blow you away with 95. Uh, but they have had success. Some of the guys have had success in the big leagues, and you just got to stick with it. Hey, That's Nelson, why they're here. We believe in them. Nelson hasn't played in the outfield at all. Are you, you know, concerned at all about that stretch of games? Uh, you know, definitely need him out there. We'll play him the first night and see how it goes. Um, I don't know if we play him all three, but maybe two out of three. And, um, you know, we, we need his bat. There, there's no doubt. He's a huge part of our offense, and he's looking forward to get out there. Are you doing anything leading up to that? I did that I make sure that he's comfortable out there. Oh, he's been out there. MVP here over the last week. We've talked about it. He knows what the expectations are. I've talked to him pretty clear on where we're at. Well, there it is. That wraps it up. Off day today for the Mariners in D.C. getting ready to take on the Nationals. So after that, how about a smile on your face? Here's a conversation with Kent Hawk Harrelson. Listen for the Edgar story. I think you're absolutely going to love it. Here it is. Gary Hill back with you, joined by Rick Riz, Aaron Goldsmith, and Ken Hawk Harrelson, voice of the Chicago White Sox on TV. Hawk, it's great to have you here. Thanks for being here again. Well, it's great to be here. My age is pretty, you know, great to be anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was watching you before the game yesterday, down before the game. You were talking to Nelson Cruz and talking to Robinson Cano, and it just struck me in that moment how many great players you have seen through the years, broadcast, uh, broadcast, played with. If you had to name the greatest player you have ever seen, and this may be an impossible question, who is the greatest player you've ever seen? It is. It's, it's, is this mic on now? Mm-hmm. Oh, the mic's on. You're on. It's impossible to answer that. you got to categorize them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people ask me who's the toughest pitcher I ever faced. I said, you mean starter, reliever, right-hander, left-hander? Because there's so many great players. You know, you look at, uh, if you want to talk about talent, obviously the greatest talent I've ever seen was Mickey Mantle. Mm-hmm. Mickey, to this day, is the fastest left-handed hitter I've ever seen down the line. Bo Jackson was the fastest right-handed hitter I ever saw down the line. I saw Bo get his first hit in Kansas City. 
I was the GM and I had hired Steve Carlton to come on board to show our young pitchers just what a work ethic was, you know. Carlton hit him on the fist with a slider. Timmy Hewlett was playing third base. One hopper, he looks at it. <laughs> Don't even make a throw. <laughs> Bow was across the back. But, you know, the great players, baseball's built on three things. We all know that. Built on, first of all, great players, rivalries, and then tradition. That's why our game is so great, because this is a generational game. Grandfathers can tell their grandchildren. And even in baseball, great-grandfathers can tell their children. By the way, I have a great-grandchild. So, you know, you, you, you look at it. I've enjoyed so much, and I use this analogy quite a bit just to let the fans know how this game. This game going forward is so well-positioned. It's unbelievable. Got better young talent than I have ever seen in my career in this game. The best shortstop I ever played against was Louis Aparicio. There's five shortstops in the American League today that are better than Louis Aparicio was. I mean, that's how good these kids are. Look at the kid Lindor in Cleveland, you know, yeah. Bogarts in Boston, you know, Correa. I'm mean, on and on and on. So when you got great talent coming in like that, uh, it's fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna go until January 1st, 2020, in this game, and then I'm out of here because that'll put me in an exclusive club. Uh, not many guys are in. Vince Scully's in it. I don't know if Lasorda's in there or not, but Don Zimmer is and Dave Garcia. On January 1st of 2020, that will put me in a club of being in professional baseball all the parts of eight decades. Wow. That's amazing. That's you, a long time, boys. <laughs> <laughs> you, put a, you put a speedometer on my behind, and I'm about 112, I'll tell you. Hawk, you've been around this game for such a long time, as you just noted, and, and you always had a lot of fun as a player, as a GM, and now a broadcaster. For Don't say years. GM. Don't yeah, ruin yeah. my day. Okay, okay. Well, you were in the front office. I <laughs> yes, mean, that's your, better. Your, okay. Your career spans so many uh, different aspects of the game of baseball, but you've seen a lot of characters. Who is the most interesting character you've ever been around in a the lot game of them. baseball? Norm Cash was a uh, former first baseman for the Tigers. Uh, he was something. I mean, he, he's the one that came to the bat one day against, I think it was Nolan Ryan with a, with a uh, piano leg as yeah. a bat, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing first one day in Detroit, and all of a sudden it was a big, big game, uh, one-run game, I should say. And somebody, Dick McCoff, I think it was, hit me a line drive, and Norm got caught off first. He jumped straight up in the air, time out, time out. <laughs> <laughs> but... You know, Mickey was a, was a character, Mantle. Uh, but he had to be around in his environment. He had, you know, he had to be around guys he felt comfortable with. And you know how funny Uke is. You, yeah, Bob Uke is just, you know, hilarious. Well, Mickey was right there. And nobody knows that because, you know, he had to be around guy, friends of his. Yeah. And then he would, I mean, he'd put you on the floor. Yeah. He, he would absolutely have you laughing so hard. And, uh and Billy Martin told me before, Mickey and I played a lot of golf together, and we got to be, got to be tight. And, uh, but Billy told me something one day uh, when I first met Mickey that I didn't realize. He said, the best baseball mind on the planet today is Mickey Mantle. And you know what? Over the years, I came to find out he was probably right. He was, there's a great book out called The Last Boy, Mickey Mantle. I think Jane Levy wrote it. If you're a baseball fan, you can read that book, and I'll tell you, it's really, really re revealing about Mickey. And, uh, you know, Mickey Mickey told me that we were on a flight back from the Dominican one time with DeWitt Weaver, who was a professional golfer. We were doing something for Allied Chemical. And we'd had a few pops on the plane, and 
Mickey got a little melancholy. He says, you know, Hawk, he said, I made a lot of mistakes in my life, but the worst mistake I ever made was naming one of my sons Mickey Jr., he said, but how the hell did I know I was going to grow up to be Mickey Mantle? <laughs> <You know? laughs> he was something, I'll tell you what. He, I played against Mickey the last six years he played. I played against him the last game he played. That was at Fenway Park in 1968. I'm in right field crying like a baby. I look over at Yaz in left field. He's crying like a baby. Oh, man. I guarantee you, I couldn't see our infielders' faces, but I guarantee you they were all crying like a baby. Because we knew it was his last at bat. Ralph Houck sent him up to pinch hit on those sixth, seventh inning or something like that. And Mickey never realized how much we loved him. He was Mr. Baseball. Yeah. Hawk Harrelson is our guest here on the roundtable. Hawk, can you tell us your memories of Edgar? Edgar is going to be in Cooperstown uh, not too long from now. Edgar, you know, the best four hitters I've seen in the last 50 years coming to the American League, and not in order. Uh, you know, pool holes and uh, big hurt Frank Thomas, uh, Miguel Cabrera, Manny Ramirez. Those are the Edgar's not in that group, but he's in the next tier down. All those guys were big, strong guys. You know, Edgar was not a big, strong guy. Edgar was a smart hitter. All those guys were smart. You don't you don't do all the things these guys did just on talent. You got to be smart, and that's where Edgar was. He was one of the smartest hitters that I've ever seen. He he actually, in fact, we were doing something. Uh, about an hour ago, Edgar, and uh, and remember in 2000, you guys came in to play us in, in Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. And remember Mike Cameron, first game, Mike Cameron got on first base, and I said, oh, I was watching the game with my wife. I said, honey, he's going to run. He's going to be out of here. Well, he, he doesn't run on first pitch. I think Keith Folk was pitching. So now Lou comes walking out. He's got his hands in his back pocket like he always did, you know, walking out. <laughs> Sauntering. He goes up and he gets, walks right past Johnny Moses, the first base coach. Goes right up in, it, I mean, in Mike's face and says something. Then he turns around and walks back. Eris said to me, my wife said, what would he say? I said, honey, I got no idea. So now the next pitch is a pitch out. Now the count's 2-0. and Edgar was the hitter. And you know what happened. You can put it on the board. Yes. <laughs> so now I can't stand it. I, 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 the game's over. Gabe Morrell was a visiting clubhouse guy. I called the clubhouse. I said, Gabe, is Lou in his office? He said, no, it's yet. I said, have him call me when he comes in. So a few minutes later, Lou calls. We're in Orlando. I said, Lou, what in the hell did you say to Mike when you went out there? He started laughing. He goes, Hawks, this is the playoffs, you know. He says, got to pull out all the stops. He said, I went out and told Mike, Mike, the NASDAQ is up and the Dow is down. <laughs> I said, you son of a gun. You wanted to pitch out. You wanted to 2-0 count to Edgar, didn't you? He goes, well, this is the playoffs. <laughs> He's a beauty. Oh, boy. Oh, Edgar, God. Edgar. I used to love to watch that man hit. You know, I don't judge hitters. On, the most misleading average uh, number in baseball is batting average. Don't tell me what a guy hits. Tell me when he hit it. I want to know how was he in the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings. Yeah. Edgar was the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning hitter. One of the best I have ever seen. And uh, I am so happy for him because he was – I look at players, were they an asset or were they a liability? We all know what he was. He was an asset to the game of baseball, a great gentleman, and I'm just so happy for him. 
We got more time with them, but we got. Yeah, yeah. No, no. How has the game changed from the time you played? What has been the biggest? Biggest change has been bullpens, no question about it. I was talking with Nelson about it yesterday. Cruz, uh, when I played, my time zone, the bullpen was comprised of failed starters who were going bad. They Mm. put them out there so they could work it out. And every club had maybe one designated, quote, quote, reliever. Mm -hmm. And some of them threw hard. You know, Raddatz from Boston, he was was over 100, you know. So we had some hard throwers. But the game has changed today that you get to the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings, you're going to be facing – Probably 95, 96 in the seventh, 97, 98 in the eighth, and 98 and 100, 101 in the ninth. And we didn't have to face that. The game today, these for our superstars, they would have been superstars today, and they would have been superstars 100 years from now. But the average players like myself and most of the guys, these guys are so much better than we were today. It's not, it's not even funny. Well, Hawk, thanks so much. This was great. Thanks for coming over and sharing stories with us. I love you guys. I love Seattle. We I'll tell you, you what. Outside of, outside of Boston, where I played, Seattle's my favorite city to come to. I, I, this is one of two towns that I walk around in. You know, I'll walk down, and then I'll grab a cab and come back. <laughs> <laughs> See you all later. Hawk, we love you. You should be in the Hall of Fame, too, buddy. Now it's time for the week that was. This is the week that was a look back on highlights and events of the Mariners past week on Mariners magazine. Dice and he swings, clobbers this out to right field. This is going, going, and this ball is gone at the back of the bullpen wall. Gerard Dyson's first home run of the season has tied this game up at two apiece. What a way to start the seventh. Gerard Dyson. Here's the pitch to Cruz. Swing and a drive. Straight away center field. Davis going back to the track. To the wall. Goodbye baseball. To the base of the batter's eye. Straight away center field. Nelson Cruz. Here's the stretch and the 0-1 pitch. Swing and a drive. Into the gap in right center field. Davis going back. Goodbye baseball. Kyle Seeger with his third Third home run of the season. Goodbye baseball, and the Mariners now lead it by a score of six to three. They pull out to a three-run lead over the A's. The set by Zick. And the 3-2 pitch, here she comes. It is a fastball. Strike three called. And the ball game is over. Tony Zick strikes out Adam Rosales for the final out of the ball game. The Mariners win it 6-5. to five. That's kind of what we need right now. Everybody has to chip in one way or another. It's a bullpen guy. It's a starter. It's a big hit. It's, you know, one of our key guys. Segura gets the big three-run homer. It's everybody contributing. Here's the 2-2. Strike three called. Christian Bergman freezes him on an off-speed pitch. That is three consecutive strikeouts for Christian Bergman, who has tied a career high with seven strikeouts. Here's the 2-2, and a swing and a foul tip into the glove of Tuffy Gosiewicz for strike three. And that is strikeout number nine for Christian Bergman, one away. Here comes Scott Service, and that is going to be it for Christian Bergman. A tremendous outing tonight for the right-hander Christian Bergman. A career-high seven and a third innings, a career-high nine strikeouts in the ball game. Well, I guess it's hard to sum it up in just a few words, but uh, you know, command was a lot better than it was last time. Um, a command of three pitches, um, was able to locate well, and Tuffy called a great game that back there and uh, played good defense and scored some runs, so it was good all around. 
felt awesome. You know, I, I love pitching here. The fans here are great. You know, it's only been a couple times, but uh, you know, I really appreciate that. Gerard Dyson leads off the bottom of the third. Here's the pitch from Covey. He swings and swats this into right field. This might have the distance. It does. It's gone. First pitch leadoff home run. Gerard Dyson. What a way to begin the bottom of the third. The 1-0 pitch. Swing and a well-hit ball. Deep to left field. Going, going. Goodbye baseball. Over the hand. Operated scoreboard. Gene Segura with a two-out, three-run home run. His fourth home run of the season. The stretch and the one-two to Sanchez. And a swing and a miss and a pitch in the dirt. Knocking it down Ruiz. The throw to first. And it's in time to get Sanchez a strikeout for Sam Gavilio. You know, I just want to give the team a chance to win. That's all I wanted to do tonight. Just another baseball game. That's the way you got to look at it. The pitch of the way. Swing and a line drive. Base in into right center field. Dyson running third. Heading home. Up with the ball is Garcia. Throw to the plate. Not in time. Dyson scores. Walk off. RBI single by Guillermo Heredia. And the Mariners win it 5-4 here in the bottom of the ninth inning. Heredia being mobbed by his teammates. And this ball game is over. The one-two pitch and a swing and a miss and a splinter down and away for strike three. And that will retire the side. Strikeout number nine for Ariel Miranda. And he now has a new career high in strikeouts. Nine strikeouts through just five innings of work. How about that? And the bone with number 19 on his back. Making his way out to on top of the mound. He will throw out tonight's ceremonial first pitch. Ben Gamble is on the receiving end. The windup and the pitch for the bone is a strike. Low and outside. It's right across home plate. Tip that across. That was easily 70 miles an hour from the bone. The Gold Glove winner, the Mariners Hall of Famer. Getting things going on the right note here tonight. Prior to game three against Chicago. See you later!